President Trump is winning the race. This is what winning looks like. Right now, he's doing it. You know, elections aren't determined on election day or even in the weeks before election with the mail-in voting. Ugh. It's months, years before election day. And right now, he is winning this race and it is driving the left crazy. Their best laid plans, the indictments, the arrests, and it's not working. New data from the left, from the New York Times, shows that Donald Trump is potentially running away with this race in key battleground states, state after state after state, like Nevada. That is a competitive state. Donald Trump now dominating by 11 points. Next, Georgia, which they tell us is now a swing state. Not right now. Six points up for Donald Trump. Arizona, five points up for Donald Trump. Michigan, another key state, five points up. Pennsylvania, Donald Trump is up four points. And when it comes to the issues, state after state gives Donald Trump the edge by a mile. Immigration, look at this, double-digit leads across the board, all the way down to Wisconsin, plus six. That's significant. For the economy, same thing. I mean, some of these numbers pushing 30 points. They think Donald Trump is better for the economy. National security, it is like a runaway at this point. And the Israeli conflict, solid margins, double digits, almost all across the board. Meanwhile, what does this mean for Joe Biden? He's losing. He is losing this race. Can you imagine for a moment if the media were actually covering this race honestly, where we'd be, where Donald Trump would be? I mean, they are covering up for Joe Biden, right? Anything negative about Joe, they ignore, they minimize, they explain away. That's been debunked. It actually hasn't been debunked. And since they won't do it, we will. We call this vetting Joe Biden. Finally. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Imagine just one of these things happening to Donald Trump, where his campaign would be or what they would say about it. I mean, my goodness gracious, they would send in, I don't know, Interpol to arrest Donald Trump. Joe Biden moving in on a 13-year-old girl like this. This is, this is nightmarish stuff, but he does it and he gets away with it because he's, what, a Democrat? Because he's establishment? I don't know, but it's wrong. How about that granddaughter that he refused to acknowledge for years? This poor family had to take Joe Biden to court, had to take Hunter Biden to court for an acknowledgement. And then Hunter Biden had to be taken out by the New York Times. He had to be shamed by the New York Times into acknowledging his own granddaughter. You know it. I know it. You'd be surprised how many people who don't follow the news very closely have no idea that Joe Biden denied his own granddaughter for years. How about this? The matter of, well, Hunter hooking up with his dead brother's wife, Haley. This would destroy many families, right? Joe said, no, we're actually happy with that they're at the beach together and that they're all over each other. Again, Hunter with his dead brother's wife, Haley, having an affair with his sister-in-law. What did Joe Biden say about this when it happened? He actually said, for the record, we are lucky, lucky that Hunter and Haley found each other as they were putting their lives together again after such sadness, after the loss of Bo. They have mine and Jill's full and complete support, and we are happy for them. Nobody seemed to get around to talking to uh, Kathleen Biden. That was 
Hunter's wife at the time he was hooking up with Haley. It is, it's nightmarish. It really is. And then there's this doozy. I mean, I'm not suggesting anything happened between Joe Biden and his sister, but it's just overall weird. And that's what Joe Biden is. Have you ever seen this? Okay, does Joe Biden have a brother? I'm lucky I have two younger brothers. I'm the oldest of three, and I've got a sister who's the love of my life. That is a phrase you usually save for the person you married or whatever, some, some, some long-lost girlfriend from high school that you didn't marry or you should have or whatever, not your sister. I'm not saying anything happened. Nothing happened between him and his sister other than a political relationship of convenience. You know, this is overlooked, too, by the fake news, but Valerie Biden became a very rich woman by being the sister of Joe Biden, running every single one of his campaigns, even though she knew nothing about politics. It's pretty wild. All the way up until 2008, she was running the campaigns and getting a lot of money along the way. But this stuff is just uh, window dressing, really. Now we see what could be real serious corruption like this. On March 1st, 2018, AmeriCorps wired a $200,000 loan into James and Sarah Biden's personal bank account, not their business bank account. And then on the very same day, James Biden wrote a $200,000 check from this same personal bank account to Joe Biden. That's pretty serious stuff. A $200,000 check written by Jim Biden, the brother, to Joe Biden for $200,000 the same day he got paid off from a company, AmeriCorps. He got employed by AmeriCorps for saying, I'm Joe Biden's brother. They don't pay any attention to it. And more recently, a $40,000 check. We heard this from Jim Comer from the Oversight Committee just last week. First, Northern International Capital, a Chinese company associated with CEFC, wired $5 million to Hudson West 3, a joint venture established by Hunter Biden and a CEFC associate. Then Hudson West 3 sent $400,000 to an entity owned and controlled by Hunter Biden. Next, Hunter Biden wired $150,000 to Lion Hall Group, a company owned by James and Sarah Biden. Sarah Biden then withdrew $50,000 in cash from Lion Hall Group. Later the same day, she deposited it into her and James Biden's personal checking account. A few days later, Sarah Biden cut a check to Joe Biden for $40,000. Now, I know not every show is like the Greg Kelly show where we take a nugget like this and we, uh, well, I literally blow it up because it's important. This is that $40,000 check that Sarah wrote to her brother-in-law. This is the $200,000 check that uh, the brother wrote to Joe Biden. I mean, this is at least somewhat interesting, right? The fake news says no. We'll ignore it. After that $200,000 check became public information, not from the Internet, not from some blog, but from the House Oversight Committee, the main political Sunday shows, not a mention of it. And then yesterday, Sunday, the $40,000 check was pretty, I thought, tantalizing information. Not a peep. But that's the fake news. You know what's worse? Even the so-called conservative media blew it off. Fox News Sunday, hosted by Shannon Bream, not a peep about the 200,000. You'd be amazed what they don't talk about on that show. Heaven forbid some Democrat gets wind of the negative information about Joe Biden. They may not come on our show again. $200,000, the $40,000 check does not get mentioned. 
Meanwhile, like our culture is going downhill, but they literally don't care at Fox News because those people, hey, they get their hair and makeup, they get the money, they don't wanna rock the boat. It's okay that the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation has made sexuality important. Orientation somehow is important to your prospects as an agent. Yeah, they went to a career day and they had gay pride flags all over the booth. Come work for the FBI, you know, we want you, especially if you're gay. I think they should want people who are, you know what I mean. Anyway, this is the kind of stuff that's going on and is totally ignored by people like Fox News. It's important. You know, the new speaker, who I think is just a breath of fresh air, right? Uh, Mike Johnson, Republican from Louisiana, he is the speaker. I understand the fake news is treating him like he's some sort of weirdo because he's, well, Bible-oriented. But even Fox News kind of gives him the, what's up with this uh, Christian stuff? You've talked a lot about your faith. Um, you don't backtrack. You're not shy about that. You're bold about that. You said if people want to know that your worldview, go open up the Bible. You know that concerns a lot of people. Your critics are, are hearkening back to things um, that you've said about gay marriage, homosexuality, conversion therapy. They point to a definition in Christianity today of that, saying it's a belief that the American nation is defined by Christianity and that the government should take active steps to keep it that way. Is that an accurate description of your view of how the government should function? No, I'm not even sure what the term means. And look, there are entire industries uh, built on taking down, tearing down people like me. There are, but it was kind of the way it was framed. It was just perfectly neutral. Now, you could say that's the job of a journalist to be perfectly neutral. In this day and age, is it? I mean, I think we're in a fight between good and evil. And I think uh, old Shannon over there knows better. For instance, she has a book. Uh, many books about the Bible, the Bible speaks, the Bible, the Bible, and uh, that's, that's very important. But I think it could kind of a little bit impact how you ask a question, how you not give credence to the hard, secular, anti-God left when you're asking a question of the Speaker of the House, especially when you write books like this and you promote yourself like this. You can join a free online Bible study that will work through the Women of the Bible Speak workbook to look at four different women in the Advent weeks leading up to Christmas. That's beautiful. Um, but I just don't think that Speaker Johnson should be treated like he's some sort of outlier, even by the folks over there, even by her. And Speaker Johnson is a breath of fresh air. You know about that teenager he adopted. Uh, the teen was 14. And... Uh, yeah, he really did that. And I hear that he's getting kind of a hard time for that, actually, from the left. Like, why did he do it? And it was somehow strange that he adopted this young man at the age of 14. I think it's probably one of the greatest things one can do. Barack Obama, he could have done something like that. He's just too busy being cool. I think that was his mission all the time, to be cool. He was cool on a podcast. He's cool when he shows up at the basketball court. He ain't going to break a sweat for anybody other than, you know, himself when it's time to be cool. And how's this for cool? He's going to, ooh, he's going to be really cool with the whole Hamas situation in Israel. Watch him walk this line. He thinks he's fooling us. He's not. If you want to solve the problem then you have to take in the whole truth. And you then have to admit 
nobody's hands are clean, that all of us are complicit to some degree. Uh, he might be complicit a lot, actually. Obama with the Iran deal and all that money and who knows what else. You know whose hands are completely clean? I mean, completely? The victims. The young women who are at that concert, the children, the elderly, right, abducted by Hamas. And somehow we're looking at, it, at this as, well, on the one side you have this, and on the other side you have that. Obama, this weekend, wrong on the facts, wrong on the substance, wrong on everything. But, hey, he's the Obama. He looks cool when he's wrong. Right. And that's kind of what it's all about in America these days. Uh, all right. One more thing about him, because, you know, he's coming back. He was busy making his billions over the past several years, but he's back. He's very, very public. And why is that? I don't know. Maybe he's pulling the strings for 2024. It looks like it's not going to be Joe. I'm going to remind people that he's a great big disappointment. We all know that. But especially where he was supposed to be most helpful in bringing up, quite frankly, African-Americans in the United States. He blew it. He pretends, he goes through the motions, but he blew it. When we came here, uh, th three of the guys here I shared with them was, and I think this surprised some of the, the violence and drugs and, and some of the issues Ruggles that I was going through were similar. And I think that, oh. uh, um, and, and I think that, uh, you know, one of the things we all... Boys, These guys are so not color, digging this, dude. Many of whom grow up without fathers Folks don't like have them. as many resources around them. It becomes that much more critical, you know. You can These feel the boredom. The I'm dealing with. That's something that I went so through So out of also. touch you know, and weird. I'm struggling with this, too. Yeah, sure, I, this sure. Is he, this is him not breaking a sweat, not really putting in the effort that it takes to make change. This is... I don't know, window dressing, whatever you want to call it, and race relations and respect for law enforcement at our complete nadir, probably in American history. So where does that bring us uh, right now in Joe Biden? Well, looks like he's on his way out. I, there's no, I don't know how it's actually going to go down, but over the past, uh, well, over the past weekend, we had David Axelrod, Obama's chief guy, come out and say, it should not be Joe Biden. He's got to bow out. A little bit earlier, David Ignatius, the swamp's favorite columnist, said the same thing. And they got people who are warming up, people who are even, well, just as silly, just as vapid as Joe, but a little bit younger. Who remembers the debate at the Ronald Reagan Library for the Republicans running for president, not including Donald Trump? For some weird reason, uh, Gavin Newsom showed up there. <laughs> yeah, Gavin Newsom. There are cameras there, so Gavin Newsom showed up. Talk about somebody who's everywhere all the time. He just got back from China, and he thinks that, I don't know, there he goes down. Ooh, um, he's got good hair, and he's tall, and he's thin. Somehow that's presidential material. You know, America, we've come a long way, okay? We just, we don't fall for this stuff anymore. What was that about? Why is he spanking that kid? <laughs> Um, look at California. Look at these numbers. Violent crime has increased 31 percent, 31 percent over nationwide, the nationwide trend where crime is kind of out of control. But, hey, he looks good in his suit. Some people say the same about AOC, the crazy AOC. She's uh, thin and pretty, and therefore we should listen to her. And they put her on the cover of Time magazine. Wow. All right. One other thing. 
you know, I keep hearing that we must have faith in our elections. No matter what, we must worship our elections. Elections are like any other municipal system. They are susceptible to failure, right? I mean, we have to be careful about our systems, whether it's the Department of Motor Vehicles or the Department of Elections. And they can screw up, like in Connecticut. Did you hear about this? This is surveillance footage of a recent election in Connecticut. And what the judge found here is, well, this is footage of people stuffing the boxes, you know, the drop boxes. Well, it happened in Connecticut. It happened a lot. And, you know, they say some of these cases, oh, these cases have no merit. Again, this is a local election, I believe, for mayor. But take a look at what the judge said about this situation. The judge was shocked by what he saw. The videos are shocking to the court and should be shocking to all the parties. Hey, by the way, they kind of look familiar, right? Kind of like a movie I once saw. The volume of ballots so mishandled is such that it calls the results of the primary election into serious doubt and leaves the court unable to determine the legitimate result. How about that? Everybody must be extremely vigilant, and I'll be right back. But I was told to sit down today. I was yelled at, and I've had a judge who is unhinged slamming a table. Let me be very clear. I don't tolerate that in my life. I'm not going to tolerate it here. Wow, that's Alina Haba, the president's lawyer. Today at that sham trial, look at her over there next to the president, determined, determined as anything. What happened in that court? Uh, Alina Haba joins us once again. Alina, thank you. Nice to see you. Wow. Intense day. How are you? <laughs> Tired. <laughs> but I'm great. I'm great. All right. Tell us a little bit about what that judge, that was today. That was you. Uh, what did the judge say? Why, why, how did he, you know, what happened there? Well, first he was cutting off my client because he was giving tremendously accurate and good testimony that explained why their case is a complete and utter sham. And every time he would go into explaining how real estate actually operates and how banks operate that are sophisticated, that haven't been hurt, how much money they made off of the president, off of the loans he took and paid off. Every time that happened, the judge would get upset and would try and cut him off. And I frankly had enough of it. And uh, myself and my colleagues stood up and said, you cannot continue to cut my client off. And I, I jumped up at the end and said, I'm not going to stand for this. You keep disrupting him and you have to hear what he has to say. His response was, I don't and I'm not here to hear what he has to say. And I think that says it all. Um, it's exactly what we thought. The man, you know, found us liable before we even walked in the courtroom through a motion for summary judgment, before we even had an opportunity to have a witness on the stand or have him listen to our experts. Instead, he thinks Mar-a-Lago is worth 18 million. And this is the corruption in the situation that we're dealing with currently today, because he's there to make people like Letitia James and the far left happy not to do his job in an impartial way. And it's really problematic. It's really problematic. And as you could see, I was fired up. So, <laughs> yeah, well, good for you. It was uh, passionate. It was real. I just saw Letitia James a moment ago. She comes out there and she tries to sound in a certain dignified manner. And I think she's faking it. I think she's a phony. And uh, I think this is actually what she's really like. Here she is uh, 2018 or so making what I consider to be a racist statement. Go ahead with that, please. Stand up to an, an administration which is too male, too pale, and too stale. Too male, 
too pale, you get it? Male and pale, they rhyme. You know, white men, not good. And Scott Stringer just standing there. Tell us a little bit about this prosecutor. Is there anything you know about her that we don't? Uh, uh, there's so much that I don't think we could finish my block with going through it. This is a woman who taunted the president but likes to act like she's the victim. She comes out only when there's a Trump affiliate child or to her, someone who's a C-suite top person. Otherwise, she's not interested in trial. She's never sat at the desk with me. She's never fought it. She's never objected. She's not practicing law. She's just simply there for PR. Some of us can do both. And um, frankly, she's been saying she was going to go after Trump. That's how she got elected before she even had the rights or privileges of looking into any New York business. And now she's putting her head into private businesses, which should, should really scare Americans and New Yorkers going and using a commercial statute that's used for commercial fraud against individuals that don't have a voice, against an individual and private company that has made so much money for the state of New York. He has paid hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars in payroll tax every year. He is literally one of the biggest real estate developers in the world, let alone New York, and changed the skyline himself. He is iconic. And this woman is just on that right, insanely, insanely uh, left wing, radical left wing uh, platform where now she finds that the case should really be dismissed immediately, should never have been brought, but she can't turn to the Soros backing people that she has and say to them, sorry, I screwed up yep. and I should probably dismiss this case. And that I think is what we're going to see. And that's my warning to all of these hack cases. Pay attention to what's happening in this trial. Miss James is desperate. It is desperate. The judge is yelling at the attorneys to sit down because he doesn't like the testimony, trying to cut my client off. Because when we get a chance to speak, the truth is not pretty for them. It's honest. It's fair. They're a great company. They're worth a lot more than the statements of financial condition said. And it's not good for her politics, and it's great for his. And that's the truth, and the truth yeah. hurts. Uh, here is Letitia James talking about uh, real estate. She doesn't know much about real estate, no, but here she, she is talking about 40 Wall Street, a building that I know well, actually. I used to live uh, not very far away, about a quarter of a mile. Take a look. They received a series of bank-ordered appraisals for the commercial property at 40 Wall Street in New York City that calculated the value of the property at $200 million as of August 2010 and $220 million as of November 2012. Yet, in his 2011 statement, Mr. Trump listed 40 Wall Street with a value of $524 million, which increased to $530 million over the next two years. Well, the thing is, uh, 40 Wall Street, let's go ahead and put it up on the screen if we could. Huh. Iconic property, uh, 72 stories tall. Okay, great. Let me see the, uh, the valuation of it. She said it was worth, according to the, uh, well, Donald Trump said it was $524 million. She said it was worth $200 million, according to the appraisers. But we ran the comps, uh, Alina, and guess what? <laughs> No-name buildings, and 40 Wall Street is an iconic building. No-name buildings were going for comparable rates in that time period. Three quarters of a billion dollars for the Helmsley building, 570 million for 340 Madison Avenue, and on and on and on. Um, she doesn't know what she's talking about. No, she's just not that bright. I'm sorry. I have to say it. I've seen their case. I've seen their lawyers. They don't know what they're talking about. 
just because a bank who's giving you a loan says it's worth what the loan amount is, which is what happens when anybody takes a loan out. They're never going to say the real value. They're going to say what they want to say and not a penny more or what the loan amount is and not a penny more. It is not worth it to them to do that. That's not what they do. She needs to educate herself, maybe go to some. I don't I don't even know how to express how ridiculous this is. They're using tax assessed values and saying that they're fair market values. Yeah. The judge is agreeing with them. It's like being in a circus with a bunch of, uh, I mean, I, I, what I want to say, I can't say on TV, but it's okay. crazy. You know, it, it's just ridiculous. Anybody with a brain understands that this is just completely insane. And you know what? People have a brain because look at how Trump is doing in the polls. That's they right. have a brain. He has the people on his side. And this is imploding. This stunt, this and all the others, it's not working. Thanks in large part to people like you, Alina Haba, president's lawyer and spokesperson. Good luck. Keep it up. Thank you. You bet. Be right back. Hey guys, it's Carson. Imagine this. It's the dead of night. You're lying in bed. Suddenly you hear something go bump. What is your next move? Well, you reach for the ultimate solution. The new MC-14 tip-up pistol from EAA Corp. And Gerson. This game-changing firearm is perfect for those with limited hand strength, disabilities, or anyone seeking a comfortable and user-friendly alternative. Picture this, the MC-14T features an ingenious tip-up barrel design, making loading and unloading a breeze. Say goodnight to struggles while racking a slide. Just load the tip-up barrel, lock it back down, and you're ready to fire. The MC-14T is chambered in 380 ACP, boosting a 13 plus one round capacity. With its reliable stopping power and compact size, it's an excellent choice for personal defense complete with accessory rail and ambidextrous safeties. Experience a new level of convenience. Available with all EAA Corp distributors, starting at an incredibly affordable MSRP of just $498. Don't miss out on this game-changing firearm. Visit EAACorp.com today. That's EAACorp.com. Yourself. And then, in fact, you have 7:30 to 8. I guarantee you that if you do this, you'll never work in democratic politics again. Maybe you don't want to. I'm not saying it matters. You will be embarrassed before the national press corps. People will think nobody will believe you, and people will think you're scummy. Wow, George Stephanopoulos, the big man on the 1992 Bill Clinton campaign openly threatening people with all kinds of retribution if you report a story he doesn't like or report it in a way he doesn't like or who knows who he's talking to, but he's a real guy with an attitude, thinks he's all that. Well, he got himself a job at the White House after the campaign. He failed miserably. Even Bill Clinton realized he was a snake, wanted nothing to do with the guy. Uh, so he graduated to the fake news, and the fake news has treated George Stephanopoulos very well. A reported... $15 million a year. Imagine making more than a million dollars a month. Do you get that for telling the truth? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Here's George yesterday on that signature political show they got over there at ABC. Beaten up on good old Steve Scalise, Republican of Louisiana. Well, and we got a bipartisan vote, George, and I think that's important, too. But let, let me, let me just stop you. Let me just stop you right there. Vote. You say you address the debt. In fact, and you're the one who referenced the CBO. President you just Clinton cited the CBO. That's, I mean, that's, that's their analysis. Well, it's going to reduce it because you're taking right, away But the CBO says every state ought to follow the laws that are on their books. That's what the U.S. Constitution says. 
That's not what I asked. They said, can you say unequivocally that the 2020 election was not stolen? Well, Congressman, I, 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 I know that Joe Biden is president. I'm asking you a different question. Can you say unequivocally that the 2020 election was not stolen? So you just refuse to say unequivocally that the 2020 election was not stolen. So you want to keep rehashing 2020? We're talking. I just about want an answer to the question. Yes or no. What a complete and total jerk. It's okay to say jerk. I think it's okay to say jerk. That's jerky behavior, no matter how you look at it. $15 million a year. I, but he's just as tough on Democrats. No, he's not. <laughs> they all get a pass. Oh, something else over there. Even the reporters are terrible. January 6th, right? Uh, they've taken a hard and fast line on January 6th. They see it one way and one way only. Here's uh, one of their cub reporters, John Carl. Trump has been in the news over the last year or so based on the uh, on these criminal cases, uh, the civil case in New York. But people have not been paying attention to what Trump has become. Trump, since he left the White House, and this is really the theme of my book, uh, has become more detached from reality than he ever was even in the White House. He had a, a, a speech just the other day in Texas where he referred to the people that are in prison because they attacked the U.S. Capitol and beat up police officers. He called them not prisoners, but hostages. And that's one of the reasons why we love him. There are people in jail who didn't hurt anybody, who didn't break anything, who never laid a hand on a cop. And there was a time where the media were actually good at pointing this out, these kinds of injustices. Now, they're just pushing, pushing an agenda, a corrupt one, I believe. It's really done a horrible thing to our country. We used to rely on the media. As leftist as they were, they were still somewhat fair. This is, we're in trouble, but there's so much hope. And I'll be right back. It's true, I am an America first, liberty loving Latino. That's why I know this country is worth fighting for. That's why the Chris Salcedo Show will always tell you the truth. The Chris Salcedo Show, for the news you need to know. Every day in the police department, I kicked those crackers ass, man. I was unbelievable. It is still just a, a bad dream that this guy is actually the mayor of New York City. Eric Adams. And uh, yeah, he was what is it, kicking cracker ass. Hmm. Well, he's under FBI investigation, it looks like. All kinds of questions are being raised about his campaign and straw donors and all kinds of investigations. One of his commissioners has already been indicted. I saw it coming. I mean, a guy who goes into public service with this kind of attitude, here he is way back when, as just a state senator. It's his first big job in politics. He used to be a cop. Keep in mind, he's un getting a full pension, a full police pension when he makes this speech a couple of months after he gets to the state capitol. He's a state senator. Look at his priorities. I don't know how some of you are living, Terry, the truth was 79,000. You qualify for public assistance. This is a joke. This is a joke. Our staff is not being paid enough. We're not being paid enough. Let any private entity, let Wall Street state that during Christmas time, 
They're going to turn down their bonuses because they didn't do a good job with the stock market and with our hedge funds and my terrible 401k value that keeps going down and down. Let them turn down their raise. Let all, everyone that states that what they do is comparable to should they get an increase or not. Don't be insulted for yourselves. You should be insulted for your children. Nobody knows why he's bringing in the kids. This is right around the time of a global financial downturn. And he's talking about a raise for himself. And now we find out why he went into public service uh, to begin with. I deserve a raise. I deserve to be paid more. And I'm only a freshman and I'm already complaining. We better vote on a raise and make sure we get paid more. And I say that to the governor, I say that to the mayor, I say that to anyone. And anyone here that believe you are so marginal that you will want to be a pauper, then you do it on your own. Give me, show me the money. <laughs> show me the money. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. You know, he's just saying out loud, Joe Biden is actually kind of smart compared to this guy. At least Joe tries to be quiet about it. How about that's what it's all about for so many of these people going to politics. It's an earning opportunity. How terrible. Because these are the results. They get their money and then they have fun. This guy got the big job as mayor. And look at the agenda he's pushing now. One of my best gifts, as you know, marijuana is legal. I have raw. I did not know. I have raw. I am not aware, Mr. Mayor. I'm not into that scene. I have bamboo. Oh, you know, big. And I can't give you this gift. I give it to you later. You know. <laughs> wow, that's cute, right? Great message for the kids. Smoke dope backstage right after the show. Anyway, keep your eye on him because he may not be around for too much longer. I'll be right back. All right, Hamas, the war is uh, ongoing to rid the planet of those horrible terrorists who have no regard for the innocent absolutely abominable behavior that is somehow being tolerated and excused. And uh, I don't know, maybe both sides are at fault, according to Barack Obama, a uh, very familiar pompous Barack Obama over the weekend trying to uh, rationalize and normalize and uh, theorize and philosophize and basically just talk down to everybody. Uh, and then there's this, the Secretary of Treasury, her name is Janet Yellen, and she just wrote a, uh, an op-ed right out of Bizarro World. Let's make friends with China. Yeah, sure. Good luck with that. Make friends with China. They'll be honest with us. Sure, they will. All right, let's bring in the panel. We got Fred Flights, Trump administration, uh, national security veteran. Welcome, sir. And the great Gordon Chang, author of The Coming Collapse of China and the great U.S.-China tech war. Gentlemen, actually, first to you, Gordon, this... Uh, What's her name? Janet Yellen. You don't see her very often, but when you do, you're reminded of just how either naive or compromised this administration is. Well, certainly. Her Washington Post op-ed, you know, could have been written a decade ago or two decades ago when she said, oh, we need to talk to the Chinese. 
And, you know, and even when she mentions the things that Beijing does, like illegal drug sales, what she doesn't point out is that the Chinese regime is behind the fentanyl gangs. Those fentanyl gangs could not operate in a near-total surveillance state without the approval of the Communist Party. We know that Chinese diplomats give cover to the fentanyl gangs, and the gangs launder their proceeds through the Chinese state banking system. So that means that the 70,000 Americans who died from illegal fentanyl doses from China last year, those people were murdered. And yet you have a regime in Washington that doesn't want to acknowledge what China is doing. Shame on them. And just so to be clear, and you believe, and I believe too, but the President Xi and his uh, you know, fellow uh, compatriots there, they know this fentanyl is coming to America. They want it to come to America because they want to kill Americans, get them hooked and kill them and undermine us all. Absolutely. Because when you run that totalitarian state, you know what these well-organized fentanyl gangs are doing. And we know the trend of Chinese diplomacy. Xi Jinping um, has been trying to um, avoid uh, American um, presidents from imposing costs on China. So he's very much in the loop. And so we have to understand that their system is very different from ours, that these fentanyl gangs, yes, they are, quote unquote, criminals, but they're actually an instrumentality of the Communist Party. And we need to hold the Communist Party responsible, because if we don't do that, tens of thousands more Americans will die. All right. So, look, uh, Fred, <laughs> Barack Obama at his... Um I mean, at his most Barack Obama-ish at that podcast over the weekend, looking at him, talking down to everybody. And his comments to me, well, you're the expert, characterize his comments regarding the conflict over there. Well, he's trying to say that there's a moral equivalency, that what Hamas did is unacceptable, but what the Israelis did is unbearable, too. But look, as you said, this is classic Barack Obama. Remember, in 2009, when he was president, he thought that Iran had legitimate grievances against the United States. He did a tour of the Middle East, which we called the apology tour, to apologize for American policies, which he thought had insulted and had treated the people of Muslim countries unfairly. This guy doesn't believe in American exceptionalism. He doesn't think America is a great country, a moral country. So it doesn't surprise me at all that he's finding a moral equivalence between Israel and Hamas. And he did it in that kind of pedantic, weird, uh, uh, just strange way about him. Uh, take a look at this, please. If you want to solve the problem, then you have to take in the whole truth. And you then have to admit nobody's hands are clean, that all of us are complicit to some degree. What do you make of that last part? It's arrogance. It's ignorance. And I, I'm, I just, this is someone who ran one of the worst foreign policies in history until Joe Biden came along. Biden is so much worse, I think, because he's using Obama retreads. And Biden's thinking on national security was bad even when he was a young man and sort of explains uh, why the world is in such turmoil now. Uh, I mean, the fact that Biden based his broken foreign policy on that kind of nonsense, it explains a lot. All right. Hey, uh, can I also ask you, gentlemen, about um, the protests that we saw all across the country 
pro-Hamas, pro-terror, what seemed to be anti-Semite, throwing blood at the White House. Uh, we have some uh, highlights or lowlights as we look at this. I, I, I'm uh, amazed and stunned and I don't know. Gordon, um, what are your thoughts? What does this tell us about America? I, I, I guess this is barely under the surface all along. We have let enemies of America onto our soil. We're doing this at the southern border where Biden's open policies have allowed uh, Syrians, Iranians, um, Afghans and others from countries of special interest, as the Department of Homeland Security puts it. Also, um, in all probability, Chinese saboteurs coming here to attack America. Um, you know, Biden, as part of that September 11th deal where he released the hostages and the, and the $6 billion, um, he also gave clemency to Iranian operatives. And those operatives were not sent back to Iran. They were released into the United States. So we are going to suffer terrorist attacks. Remember, it was only 19 um, um, terrorists that uh, were able to implement 9-11. Imagine when we have hundreds of maybe thousands of terrorists in the United States, thanks to Biden policies. All right, gentlemen, thank you very much. Stay tuned. Much more this week. It should be eventful. Fred Flights, Gordon Chang. Thanks, gents. Be right back. Newsmax Plus is here. That means uh, if you watch Newsmax on streaming services like Samsung, Roku, Zumo, Pluto, Viso, and other services, you have to subscribe. Now, if you're a regular cable or satellite subscriber, you can continue watching Newsmax like you're doing right now. Nothing changes, but there is a lot of reasons for you to still sign up for Newsmax Plus. First, the Newsmax app is free. You can download it right now on your smartphone or home TV, uh, but you will need a Newsmax Plus subscription to watch Newsmax on the app. So once you sign up for Newsmax Plus, just go to your Newsmax app and log in with your password and you can start watching right away. Newsmax Plus works just like Netflix and other Plus services. So you can watch this show, Greg Kelly Reports, and our other great shows like Rob's show, Rob Schmidt, Greta Van Susteren, Chris Plant, Rob Finnerty, uh, Bianca De La Garza. We've got Chris Salcedo, Carl Higby, Governor Huckabee, and so many more. No one covers the 2024 presidential race like we do, and uh, we're very excited about how we approach the news. Uh, we have great analysts, Dick Morris, Kari Lake, Alan Dershowitz, Mark Halperin, so many more. You really need to be up to date wherever you are, and Newsmax Plus gives you that convenience. A Newsmax Plus subscription gives you all our show archives and great specials with President Trump, stories about the Biden administration, and even history and current affairs programs that help inform and educate your family. Newsmax Plus is growing. You will see a tremendous number of shows that will be more interesting, more entertaining than what you get on Netflix or Disney, Disney Plus. Uh, remember, you can download the Newsmax app on your home TV or smartphone and start watching. And if you sign up now, you will get a free trial subscription, so there's really no risk. And a monthly subscription costs less than a Happy Meal at McDonald's. A lot less, actually. Those Happy Meals. Whew. So start today and go to NewsmaxPlus.com and sign up for the free trial. If you like Newsmax, you'll really love Newsmax Plus. I already subscribed, so should you. Please go to NewsmaxPlus.com to sign up today.